Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to a special Friday edition of the Metropolitan Report. My name is Alfred Parsar Jr., and today is Friday, August 6, 2021. And here on this podcast, we talk about any and everything New York Mets. And we've got a loaded show for you today. Uh, we didn't have a show yesterday or Monday as we originally do our Monday-Thursday schedule. So we've got a loaded, jam-packed show for you guys today covering the latest happenings in the New York Mets. We're going to talk about uh, the trade deadline and who the Mets did and didn't get. We're also going to cover the Mets Hall of Fame induction ceremony from this past Saturday. We'll talk about last weekend's Cincinnati series, this week's Miami Marlins series, and the upcoming series against the Philadelphia Phillies that starts in a little under two hours. So uh, let's start with the positives first before we get into anything negative because this this show is going to be a real negative show here. So first off, uh, I would just like to give a congratulations to Al Jackson, John Matlack, Edgardo Alfonso, and Ron Darling, the 2021 class induction to the Mets Hall of Fame. They were inducted this past Saturday in a pregame ceremony before uh, the Mets played the Reds. Uh, Four guys who meant a lot to the franchise. Four guys who were very deserving. Of course, Ron Darling, an all-star in 1985, World Series champion in 1986, and of course is one of the voices of the Mets on SNY alongside Gary Cohen and Keith Hernandez. Uh, Edgardo Alfonso uh, was a a memorable member of that Mets infield in the late 90s, early 2000s. Of course, he had Ray Ordonez, John Olerud, and Robin Ventura in 1999 in that classic team that uh, made the playoffs and got to the NLCS. He was also a member of that 2000 Mets team that played the Yankees in the World Series. So congratulations to him. Uh, Al Jackson, known as Little Al to Mets enthusiasts, he was a key member of the early Mets teams, later went on to become a pitching coach and instructor in the organization before passing away, sadly. And then John Matlack, uh, 1975 All-Star, was second in the rotation behind Tom Seaver and a heck of a pitcher uh, in the 70s for the Mets as well. So four deserving gentlemen who deserve uh, the accolades. The four of them may not be going to Cooperstown as National Baseball Hall of Famers, but definitely deserve a place in the Mets Hall of Fame for their contributions to the franchise. Moving on, the trade deadline. Well, as you've probably heard by now, and as you've seen, the Mets only made one move at the deadline. They needed starting pitching. They didn't get any starting pitchers. Well, actually, they got one. They got Trevor Williams from the Cubs, who has been in AAA Syracuse since he's been moved to the organization. And Trevor Williams came with Javi Baez, the shortstop from the Cubs, of course, The Cubs, just like the Washington Nationals, uh, they have pretty much sold any good player that they had. Uh, We covered that last week here on the report. Uh, They made their moves ahead of the deadline on the day before on Thursday and Wednesday night. Uh, All their big bats, uh, Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, they're all gone. Ryan Tapera and Craig Kimbrell left town as well. But Javi Baez comes to the Mets. He comes to Flushing. He had a great debut. His first game as a Met, which was Saturday against Cincinnati, uh, he hit a home run. 
The city field went crazy. I was in the stands for that game, and everybody went ballistic. But other than that, he hasn't really accomplished much. Uh, we'll, let's talk about it. So this the Mets trade deadline, if I had to give them a letter grade, I'm going to go ahead and give them a C. Now, they got Baez for prospect Pete Crow Armstrong, who was only 20 years old. Pete Crow Armstrong not playing any baseball this season. He got hurt early on in the minor league season, out for the year. Uh, Pete Crow Armstrong was drafted last year, so the Mets really didn't invest much into him. So he goes to the Cubs organization. But Javi Baez, you get him for for absolutely nothing. I, I hate to say that about Pete Crow Armstrong, but you give up a 20-year-old prospect who was years away from seeing the bigs if he'll ever make it. So not a not, not a bad investment there. He comes cheap. He will be a free agent at the end of the year. Will Javi Baez stay? Some people are saying yes because his best friend is no secret is Francisco Lindor. He's come out in the press and said he's always wanted to play with Francisco Lindor. Of course, in the World Baseball Classic a couple of years ago, those two guys uh, led Puerto Rico to, to great success. Uh, that, that was a solid infield up the middle at short and second with Lindor at short and Javi at second. Um, but let's let's get into uh, Javi Baez's debut weekend with the Mets. Of course, the Friday game, he didn't play. Uh, Friday had a number of headlines for a number of reasons. Uh, first off, Car- Carlos Carrasco came back, made his season debut after being gone since spring training with uh, an elbow injury as well as torn hamstrings. Uh, so that was a story there. And then, of course, the Mets, for the first time, since 2012, uh, they're bl- they're back in black. They were wearing the black jerseys. They'll be wearing the black jerseys going forward every Friday home game. Fans were very excited to see the Mets in the black jersey. Steve Cohen uh, delivered on one of his promises that he made when he bought the team. He said he was going to bring back the black jerseys, and he did. Uh, Carrasco didn't look bad at all. I mean, he got off to a shaky start. He gave up a home run on his first pitch of the game. So I thought it was going to go all downhill from there. Of course, Carrasco uh, rebounded. Didn't look too bad after that. Uh, Carrasco, if we look at the line here, he pitched four innings, gave up one run on three hits, only walked one, struck out four. The one run he gave up was the home run. Uh, didn't didn't pitch uh, deep enough into the game to get a decision, but with a guy who hasn't pitched since last season, because remember, he didn't even pitch in spring training. So for a guy who hasn't pitched since last season, uh, for him to go deep into the game, is, is if you think that is just asinine, that's an absurd thought. Again, uh, Carrasco hasn't pitched since 2020. And again, 2020 was a marathon, not a sprint. So you, you want to bring him back slowly, get him readjusted. Technically, he's still uh, rehabbing, if you think about it, because he only had three rehab assignments, one at each level. So uh, I'm going to give Carrasco some slack here. But to only give up one run in four innings of work is not bad at all. But the Mets lose that game. Uh, Miguel Castro uh, and Drew Smith and Anthony Banda all gave up uh, runs. Uh, Banda, Castro, and Smith 
combined for five runs on the evening. So uh, Cincinnati, uh, they did win the series. They won the first game 6-2. to two. Uh, The very next day in Flushing, again, the Mets inducted that Hall of Fame class with Matlack, Jackson, Darling, and Alfonso, and they won in extra innings dramatic fashion. Brandon Drury, a walk-off single to win it in the 10th inning. And the Mets, as they've been doing all year in that game, they, they came from behind. They got in trouble early, caught up, came from behind. Again, Javi Baez hit his first home run as a Met in his debut. Uh, City Field was electric. And Brandon Drury, I have to I have to give a I have to give a, a big mention to Brandon Drury. He's red hot right now. Um, Drury hitting over 300. Uh, he's just been a pinch hit machine. When his number's called to get off the pine, he delivers. Can't say enough good things about Brandon Drury. A lot of people thought after he had his stint with the Diamondbacks that any type of uh, productive season out of him was, a, was impossible. Of course, Brandon Drury, a member of the revolving door of players known as the bench mob for the Mets, that at some point has included Albert Almora, Kevin Pillar, Jonathan Villar, Janeshwi Fargus, uh, and, and the list goes goes on and on and on. Travis Blankenhorn, uh, Wilfredo to- Tovar, some of those guys not even with the organization anymore, but he 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 is one of the the few on the on the bench mob who he outlasted a couple a couple of those guys, Billy McKinney included. He he outlasted so. Uh, Brandon Jury looks like he's having a career revival uh, this season in Flushing. I got to take my hat off to him. Uh, the following day on the Sunday, uh, the Mets got slaughtered by Cincinnati 7-1. to uh, This game was a Marcus Stroman loss, and Stroman not looking good. Uh, Marcus Stroman here, and I got to... It's sad to say, because this guy started off 3-0, 0.90 ERA. Stroman, his ERA is not bad at 2.80, but he's 7-10. And, and again, you can't, you can't, you just can't be on a first place team pitching 7-10. and 10. You, you, you just, you just can't do it. it. It's, it's unacceptable at this point in the season. The Mets, who, I didn't cover the standings in the top of the show for a reason, but we'll get there soon. But the Mets, they're in trouble right now. And Marcus Stroman's performances the last few the last few games are not helping. The starting rotation is not helping. I personally believe that Marcus Stroman is not a good starting pitcher in Major League Baseball. Now, a lot of people are going to look at me like, why, Alfred? Why do you think that? I'm going to tell you why I think that. If you look at his time on the Toronto Blue Jays, he was quote-unquote, the ace of the staff. And his numbers in Toronto weren't great. So I don't know what type of ace you guys were looking at, but everybody was excited in 2019 when Marcus Stroman uh, came over to the Mets in a move for Anthony Kay. And, like, a lot of people were upset too because Simeon Woods Richardson got moved in that deal too. The prospects. But you want to look at Marcus Stroman's career record. The only two good seasons I, I would say he had 
were 2014, his rookie year, he went 11 and 6. Uh, I, I will give him 2015, he went 4-0 with a 1.67 ERA. I would say 2017, he went 13-9. and And his first season with the Mets, 2019, where it wasn't even a full season, he went 4-2 and in 11 starts. But this season, 7-10, and that's, that's, that's not going to cut it. That is not going to cut it for the Stroh show. Uh, Marcus Stroman, I have lost all all faith in him just as much as I've lost Taiwan Walker. And I just I just don't get it. I don't understand what's going on. Um, this Cincinnati Reds team has something to play for. Unless you are the Dodgers or the Padres and you are a team in the National League hoping to make the playoffs, you need to win your division because the NL West has both of the wild card spots uh, pretty much sewn up at this point. The Reds trying to catch the Brewers uh, for that NL Central lead. Coming into today, they're seven games behind, but they're seven games above 500. Of course, the Brewers 65 and 44, the Reds 58 and 51. But this 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 Reds ball club had something to play for. Now, a team that didn't have anything to play for was the Miami Marlins. And the Miami Marlins, oh my goodness. On paper, you would have looked at the schedule and, and thought that this was a, a series the Mets were going were gonna to take. The Mets only won one game out of the four. Tyler McGill on Monday suffers his first loss. I'm not going to bash Tyler McGill only because he's pitched remarkably well, especially being a rookie. He's pitched very well in his time in, in the show. His first loss, you can't win them all. Uh, it was very shocking that Jesus Lazardo got the win. Of course, Jesus Lazardo was traded by the A's to the Marlins for Starling Marte, a move now that Ramon Laureano has been suspended for 80 games for PEDs. That, that's a move that actually, in hindsight, is actually now better than it was last week. But the Marlins, they took they took three of four on uh on Tuesday, they beat the Mets again. Taiwan Walker, again, another loss. Taiwan Walker, 0-3 since the All-Star break. And I, I, I'm just speechless here. Taiwan Walker pitched five and two-thirds, gave up four runs on eight hits, struck out four, walked two. But Taiwan Walker and Marcus Stroman, and again, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Taiwan Walker... When we signed him in the offseason and he had an all-star caliber first half, everybody said, oh, he, and I said it too, I'm guilty, I know. But we all said, oh, he's the greatest uh, bargain pickup uh, free agent starting pitcher that the Mets could have gotten. And boy, were we wrong. In hindsight, we should have just paid Charlie Morton instead of letting him go to the Braves. Taiwan Walker, since, since the all-star break, has been pitiful. Of course, the start against the Padres, where he didn't even make it out of the first inning. He made that blunder of a play where he knocked the ball out of bounds. Got blown up by Toronto. And now this. I just I just don't have any words. And it's not like the Mets offense stunk that game because they only lost by a run in a 5-4 to four game. And Taiwan Walker, oh, let's not forget last week in Atlanta, too. Taiwan Walker, I don't know. 
Is it fatigue? I know he had the Tommy John surgery uh, a couple of years back. But even at this point, that shouldn't be an excuse. And he's got one more year left on his deal, so we've got to deal with him for till next season. But Strowman and Walker, if you would have told me the way that both of these guys started off the season, that they would be performing like this now, I'd have laughed at you. I'd have said, you're kidding. You joke. Stop playing. But Strowman is in the last year of his contract. This is a contract year for Stro. Um... I personally, if Stro keeps this up the rest of the season down the stretch, I don't want to see him come back. If I'm Steve Cohen, I'm not giving him any money. I'm not. I'm just not because it's it's like the last two months of the season, Marcus Stroman is a walking loss. You check the lineup and see who the probable pitcher is, and you see Marcus Stroman's name there. You figure, oh, it's, it's Stro. We're going to lose. That's where my mind goes lately when I see Stroman in the lineup as a starting pitcher. Oh, it's Stro? Oh, no. The opposing team is going to put on a show. It's batting practice for the other team when they see Stro. And when they see Taiwan Walker, matter of fact. And with DeGrom gone, that that's even worse. This team is in bad shape. Lindor is supposed to come back soon. Which is a good sign if he can hit when he comes back. Hopefully he comes back seeing Javi Baez, his best friend in the lineup, his fellow countrymen, uh, will give him some motivation to perform. Jacob deGrom, unfortunately, the news on him, he ain't coming back anytime soon. He hasn't pitched since before the All-Star break. And the news on him ain't good. He had more forearm discomfort to the point where they shut down his throwing program. He's got to take two weeks off. And then we'll we'll see how he feels, and if he feels okay, then they'll resume his throwing program before he can come back. But the word on DeGrom, he may not come back till mid-September. By that point, we may be out of the race, depending on how things go tonight and, 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 and this upcoming week and the following week, because the schedule is not getting any better. And look at the look at the starting pitching rotation we've got to deal with. Rich Hill, a journeyman who's who he's pitched okay so far this season. Hasn't had a decision in, in the two games he's pitched for us. Walker, the fraud, made the All-Star game, laid an egg in the All-Star game, and has been laying eggs ever since. You'd think Taiwan Walker is Mother Goose the way he's been laying eggs. A fraud. And then you got the Stroh Show, who apparently the show has been closed because he's just not performing. Tyler McGill. The most reliable arm in that rotation. Think about that for a second. Tyler McGill, the rookie, is the most reliable arm the Mets have in this rotation right now. That is very telling because he's in the same rotation as a current All-Star in Walker, a former All-Star in in Stroman, and a veteran with Rich Hill. And then what does Louis Rojas love to do? Rojas loves, and I swear, he absolutely loves to have these bullpen games where he'll have Aaron Loop, who's the most reliable reliever in the bullpen, start the game and work his way through, which I hate the idea of these bullpen games, if I could be very honest with you. But there is no excuse why the Miami Marlins 
uh, should have taken three or four from this Mets team. The Marlins have nothing left to play for. They've shipped uh, a lot of their good players out of town. Starling Marte is gone. He was their best offensive player. Yesterday's game, don't even get me started. The Mets had the bases loaded twice, didn't score. Javi Baez striking out with the bases loaded. He struck out with the bases loaded uh, this past Saturday as well. When the Mets needed a run in the bottom of the ninth. Thank goodness for Dom Smith. Who, who tied the game up in the bottom of the ninth. But this Mets team, the bats are not clicking. The offense is, 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 is non-existent. The pitching, is, and then when the offense is existing, the pitching is terrible. Mets can't hold a lead. Bullpen is blowing games. Javi Baez up 2-0 in a count. Sees a ball coming in the dirt and will swing. It's like after the second pitch, his patience is non-existent. And, and after a while, you just got to ask yourself, what is the excuse? Again, as I've said, when... When the two highest averages on your team are Brandon Drury and Luis Guillorme, that's that's very telling. That's very, very telling. And speaking of, of the offense not clicking, Michael Conforto is just a major disappointment at at this stage in the season. I know he's missed some time with an injury, but that's not an excuse. Uh, Conforto, in a contract year, you think will be having the season of a lifetime. And, and as a Scott Boris client... He didn't want to sign uh, an extension in spring training. Took it into the season, and he's proven. He, I, I sincerely mean it when I say this. He's proven what he's worth. Michael Conforto has proven what he's worth. I don't really think highly of Scott Boris. I think he's a scum of an agent because he likes to play these games and test the open market. And look, the Mets were going to throw all this money on Michael Conforto in spring training. Scott Boris wanted to see... Uh, what the market was looking like, and to be quite frank, there's not going to be a market for Michael Conforto because, again, not only did he get hurt and miss two months of the season almost, but he's not producing. And it's a shame because I like Michael Conforto. Conforto is one of only four guys on this roster held over from that 2015 season where the Mets made the World Series, the other three being DeGrom, Syndergaard, and Familia. But Conforto, just a rotten average, not really doing much. Michael Conforto, a major disappointment this season, batting 199 in 231 at-bats with six home runs and 24 RBI. Well below the Mendoza line for Conforto. And I, I just don't I just don't see what long-term deal Michael Conforto could possibly expect. Maybe a bad team will take a chance on him, like a Arizona or a Colorado or a Baltimore. But no contending team or no team that hopes to win is going to give him a big deal. You played yourself, Mike. You played yourself. We're going to take a break, and then on the flip side of the break, 
We're going to talk about Kumar Rocker, who the Mets took with the 10th overall pick in this year's uh, MLB draft. And then we'll look at the standings and the Philadelphia Phillies series that just might change the Mets season forever. You're listening to the Metropolitan Report. I'm Alfred Parsar Jr. Do you have an event that needs a design? How about planning? You can take care of all your event needs with ARJ Signature Design, run by Alnisa Reed Jenkins, where you can get custom floral designs, event designs, set designs, as well as retail and commercial installs. You can get all that done by Alnisa Reed Jenkins of ARJ Signature Design with event planning and event designing and is also a family-run business. Again, that's ARJ Signature Design. And you can go ahead and get your free consultation by contacting Miss Reed Jenkins at arjsignaturedesign.com. They do a great job. And again, if you need any event florals, custom floral designs, or set design, whether you're commercial, retail, or personal, ARJ Signature Design can get the job done for you. Again, that's arjsignaturedesign.com for your free consultation now. What's up, y'all? This is Barry Grant Jr., host of the All Even Podcast. I'm tuning in with my man, Alfred, host of the Metropolitan Report. That's the only place that I get my Mets news from. Tap in, because trust me, that's crazy. Hey, what's up, guys? Pete Alonzo here from the New York Mets, and uh, I'm here with Alfred, and I just want to say thank you so much to all you guys for listening to the Metropolitan Report. It's a really awesome show. You got some great insight on Mets baseball, and um yeah it's i mean it's a great place where mets baseball is talked about and we got a lot of really fun stuff coming up this year it's just been absolutely tremendous so thank everybody for listening to the metropolitan report and uh, alfred keep doing your thing and as always lfgm and we're back on the metropolitan report and before the break i said we were going to get into the kumar rocker situation of course the deadline to sign draft picks who were drafted in this year's draft was this past sunday at 5 p.m., and the Mets did not sign Kumar Rocker. Uh, the Mets, according to various sources and reports, said that something in Rocker's medical history is why they did not sign him. They were concerned about elbow and arm injuries that he had had, and a report that noted that his velocity had decreased by four miles per hour from 2019 to present. Uh, it was always a head-scratcher how Kumar Rocker fell to the 10th pick in the draft. Uh, a lot of experts were saying that he may have been a top-five pick. Of course, Kumar Rocker uh, has a college World Series championship under his belt with Vanderbilt in 2019. He was also the college World Series MVP in 2019. He was said to be the second-best pitcher available in the draft, only behind his teammate Jack Leiter son of former Met Al Leiter. And the Mets and Rocker just could not come to an agreement. Uh, he was uh, set to get a $6.6 million signing bonus had he signed. And the Mets just simply did not uh, sign Rocker because they were concerned with that medical report. Ironically, uh, Kumar Rocker's agent is Scott Boris who also represents Michael Conforto and a slew of other baseball players. And Scott Boris, I guess the Mets just weren't trying to, to hear anything he had to say. 
Uh, Steve Cohen, the Mets owner, chimed in on Twitter and called dra the drafting of Kumar Rocker a bad investment. Out of all the picks that the Mets took in the 2021 MLB draft, Rocker was the only one who was not signed. Again, Cohen calling him a bad investment. He went on Twitter and just said, sometimes you just make bad investments. It happens. So Kumar Rocker will not be a Met. Uh, he has the option to go back to Vanderbilt. He has the option to go and play independent minor league baseball. So we'll see what he does. Uh, he hasn't made a decision as of yet. A lot of people are surprised he didn't rush back to Vanderbilt to try to increase his stock. Mets fans were rejoicing when the Mets selected Rocker. And as a result of not signing Rocker as compensation, the Mets will have the 11th overall pick in the 2022 MLB draft next year. Now moving on, let's get into the standings. It's not looking good for the Mets. Uh, the New York Mets enter play today, Friday, August 6, 2021. Still in first place in the National League East. However, that lead has now shrunk to a half a game. The Mets are 3-7 in their last 10. Overall record of 56-52. Good for a 51% win percentage. The Philadelphia Phillies are a half game behind, 56-53. The Atlanta Braves, 55-54. They're one and a half games back. And then, of course, the Nationals, 49-60. They're seven and a half back. And the Marlins, 47-62. They're nine and a half back. The Phillies are red hot. The Phillies have won each of the last five games. They've won five in a row. And they could possibly be first in the National League East by the time this weekend is over. The Mets have lost three out of the last four to the Marlins. If you want to even go beyond that, they've lost five of the last eight. Three and seven in the last ten. So, not looking good. Tonight's starting pitching matchup for this Mets-Phillies game that starts in about 45 minutes and some change will be Marcus Stroman trotting out on the hill for the Mets up against Kyle Gibson, who the Phillies acquired at the trade deadline. Of course, Gibson this season was an all-star in the American League uh, for the Texas Rangers so, uh, Kyle Gibson, uh, he will take the mound uh, tonight against the Mets. On the year, he's 7-3 and in 20 starts with a 2.86 ERA. He's not a high strikeout guy, only 99 strikeouts in 119 and two-thirds innings. We documented Stroman's struggles earlier in this program, and if I'm going to be honest with you, like I said before, when I see Marcus Stroman's name on the probable start list, I, I already chalk it up that we're going to lose. Also, uh, tomorrow's game in Philadelphia, Tyler McGill, the rookie, looking to bounce back from his first career loss. He's pitched uh, remarkably well for the New York Mets this season. He's going to oppose Ranger Suarez, who in 28 games is 5-3 and three, with a 1.04 ERA. So who knows what's going to happen there. And then Sunday, another game where I just see the probable starters and I already have my mind made up that the Mets are going to lose. It's Taiwan Walker up against 
a man who we let walk for absolutely nothing in 2019, Zach Wheeler, who's 9-6 with a 2.57 ERA, first-time All-Star this season, and a Cy Young candidate, believe it or not, since Jacob deGrom uh, hasn't pitched in nearly two months. So and it's, it's, it's not looking good. Not looking good for the Mets. Uh, again, the Mets are a half a game above the Phillies for first place. The NL East is wide open. And with the Mets' schedule as it is coming up, because after this Philadelphia Phillies series, uh, they come home to play Washington for three games, then the Dodgers for three games, then they go on the road to the Giants for three, followed by four at the Dodgers in Chavez Ravine in Dodger Stadium to come back home and play the San Francisco Giants in three games. So the Mets need to do a lot of winning before they get to that uh, uh, that Los Angeles Dodgers series next Friday. Uh, I'm, I'm very afraid for this Mets team, and I haven't been accurate with my predictions lately, but if I had to make a prediction, the Mets are going to get swept in this in this series i i see it i don't have the mets winning a single game this weekend i think the phillies are going to win all three that's just my opinion but i stand by it i don't think the mets offense is going to be able to uh deal with zach wheeler i think marcus stroman and taiwan walker in their respective starts are, are going to lay eggs and i think as good as tyler mcgill has been the offense won't back him up ranger suarez ERA of 1.04. You 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 can't really you can't really beat that. I don't think the Mets are in first place past this weekend. I honestly don't. No, sir, I do not. Maybe after this series, they they could they could win the Washington series and hope that Philly falls in some bad luck. But I don't foresee this Mets ball club winning a game this weekend. I really don't. Our next episode of the Metropolitan Report will be on Monday. The Mets have an off day this Monday. Uh, Again, I do apologize for for not dropping an episode since uh, last Thursday due to some scheduling issues, but we will be back to our bi-weekly Monday-Thursday schedule starting next week. And with that being said, I've said everything there is to say, and the only thing left to say is, let's go Mets!